Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. so excited to be able to bring you guys a leadership panel today. For those who, who don't know me, I am Pastor Eric. I'm, um, I'm Pastor Natalie's husband and, and just so excited to be here with you all. I really believe that, that God has a, a specific calling on females in leadership. And, and we see it over and over and over again in the Bible where we see women of God really stand up in boldness for something that, that a nation needs to feel, a country, a person in their life. And I'm so excited that even just the last couple sessions, we've heard some powerhouse leaders and pastors. Have you guys enjoyed the session so far? Come on, we could do a little bit better than that. Come on, bring the inner, there we go. Man, it's so good. I just got to sit in on Pastor Kelly's message and so powerful. But man, I'm so excited to bring up our speakers here today. So guys, would you give it up for Pastor Becky, Pastor Kelly, and Pastor Jesse. Come on, let's give it up for them as they come out here on the stage. Come on, come on. Man, you guys are awesome. I, I'm, uh, I, I've been feeling the message. I'm always in, hanging out with all of our kids in our childcare, and I can feel the Spirit of God all the way there, two miles away. Amen. I'm feeling it. The, the kids are coming back for the second day, and they're hearing how their moms are like just filled with joy. Amen. And like kids walked in yesterday, a little kind of like, what's going on, and then they walked in and their moms are smiling, so thank you so much for imparting your wisdom already um, and, and your, your energy and your passion for, for God and, and the word that he has for you. But we wanted to ask a couple questions today because you guys all have uh, different experiences, but I think some similar experiences um, in leadership and, and what it means to be a leader in the world today, um, and especially a, a female leader in the world today, where th there's a lot saying this is what you should be, or this is what you shouldn't be, and this is what you should say, and not, and man, let's just stuff that today, and we're going to say the things that we feel like no one's told us to say, and then we're going to be honest and real today. So I, I want to start off because I've always wondered this question, and, and this is, I, can I ask a question real quick just for me? Uh, because I, Here's the thing, I've never known why my wife chose me to be a leader of our home, and, and can you tell me from your experiences with your husbands, with your significant others, like what is, why did you choose them as the leader in your home? So, funny story, I think Eli has that same feeling <laughs> sometimes, I feel like we've had this conversation, he's like, why did you choose me? Um, why I chose Eli, um, I did, you know, I actually didn't choose him for his looks. And there's actually people in here that can attest to that, that um, I was not attracted to him physically <laughs> for the longest time. I, isn't that crazy? And now I have four children with him. Um, yeah, so. At least been four times. Yes. <laughs> at, at, yes least. No, yeah. at least. At least. No, no, we have a great life in that area. But the thing that really attracted Eli to me was, and I know this sounds so cheesy, but he, we met, really met, um, at a really pivotal point in my life when I had just given my life to Jesus. And um, like fully, I grew up in a Christian home, but like I came back to Jesus. I, my parents refer it to the dark ages, but um, I came back to Jesus and he, I mean, he honestly just had like a laser focus on Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and he essentially, like when I looked at that, 
the foundation that he was laying in his life to follow Jesus, I saw that as, okay, I want to be a part of that house. (laughs) Like, that foundation is strong. And so he, he honestly, like, I I know I've said this, I've never questioned whether or not he's he's heard the voice of God or it was some other voice or it was him. Like, I've always, and I, and... Even this past year, this, that revelation came to me. I was like, yeah, I've never quite, when he like says that he's heard something from God, it's like, all right, what did, like, what did he say? Like it literally that's has amazing. been. Praise God. And so that's what I love yeah. about mine. But what about you guys? Well, um, mine is, is different because when I met my husband, he was a Christian. Um, I was like leading Bible studies and doing all those kinds of things. And I always joke, he, I, I was leading people to Jesus. He was leading people to the club, okay? So he, he, loved, he loved God. He, just, he, didn't, he was never a disciple and he never was fully like planted. Or, but the second he met me, there was a hunger for him to grow. It's like he, he was one of those guys that was waiting for a good Christian woman. And, but I, you know, you have your guard up. She's like, are you gonna actually grow with me? And are you gonna actually, you know, kind of... Uh, is submit your life fully to Jesus. And so for me, the hunger that I saw in him right away, it's like something switched in him. And, and I remember having to go, okay, well, I know way more about the Bible. Um, I've been walking more faithfully with the Lord a lot longer than him. So I had to get the idea that he had to be like Mr. Um, perfect uh, for me, I think, I just had to realize that he was growing and that was the thing I looked for. I said, okay, if there's a hunger for him to grow and he's teachable and will receive correction. Those are my three things, like a hunger to grow, be teachable and receive correction because then I knew if he had the hunger to grow, he would eventually grow and now he can like run circles around me and you know, Jesus things. Um, and, and now it's, and then now, so then I go, okay, well if he's at least teachable and correctable, I know there's not enough pride that's gonna keep him stuck in an issue or a limitation in his life. So he was able to like receive correction from leaders and he was like, thank you for telling me. And so I'm like, yep, done, we can grow together. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, that's amazing. Um, So I think the thing that attracted me to John the most, I always felt, I felt like I dated like boys or I knew boys, like Christian boys. That sounds like um, derogatory and I don't, but when I met John, I was like, oh, like, like, he was just, um, the way he held himself, and I'm a very strong female. Um, and so, um, so, so I remember the very first time he kind of, like, pushed back on me. And number one, it really angered me. And number two, it was, like, really attractive. <laughs> it was, like, both, you know? So, um, so John is, um, you know, in Ephesians it says that, you, that husbands are to wash their wives in the word. And we all deal with head games. And what I love about John is that he's a self-leader. My husband knows who he is in Christ. Like he never, he's always so steady. He knows who he is in Jesus. And so when I struggle, which is often, you know, like um, with my identity where I'm like, oh gosh, like can I do this? Am I up for this? Even though I know the call on my life and I know, you know, John's like the one that's like, like true yeah. north, yeah, almost true. always, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's rare that I'm the one that's covering him. Um, but I love that he... Um, yeah, that he's just uh, so knows who he is. And um, like, I don't want to belabor too much, but I remember yeah, like, yeah. you know, sometimes there's like, there's, I'll hear women talk and they're like, well, is it okay if like, you know, my guy looks at porn or is it okay that my guy does this or is it okay that, and um, I feel really grateful just because that's not my husband. Amen. 
And um, I'm not saying that's everyone's story, but I am saying that those men exist and, um, and that you're worthy of a man that leads himself. Amen. So, Amen. That's, good. that's such a woo. Hey there. Come on. I turned the mic off so I wouldn't just be going, amen, 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 over and over again. <laughs> Man, that's really powerful. I think that if I can put a through line for this, for everyone to, to write something in their notes, find a man who leads himself but is willing to be also led too. It's a partnership too, it's coming together. And man, what a powerful thing when God puts man and woman together and says, this is very good. This is the thing that it's supposed to be. And so finding a man who's not afraid to lead, but not afraid to, to feel the convictions that God is bringing on the partnership there. That's such a powerful word. Uh, like I said, I don't wanna pull any punches today. So we're, we're gonna dive into this. And Pastor Becky, I really wanna hear uh, just a, a word from you on this, but we will all experience uh, some sort of pain in life. I mean, we, we've all had... Uh, I mean, anybody, come on, raise a hand. We've experienced some kind of pain. And if you're not raising your hand, you're lying. Um, and we've been through something. But how, how do you know when you have healed from pain? Um, because we, we hear even just this couple sessions, man, God's bringing something new and he's reviving and he's doing all this stuff. But how do we know to just kind of walk on and move on and know that God has done the work? Um, I'll probably start with the answer then backtrack a little bit. So I think, you know, when you have a wound... Um, when you get a wound, and we can talk about a physical wound for now, just as analogy. When you get a wound, um, you have to care for it, you have to clean it, and you have to make sure it's it's really well tended to. And then you cover it and you protect it, and you and you protect it for a season because it's sensitive and it's hurting. Um, but the thing is, if you don't end up like checking on it or anything like that, it could become infected. And then when a wound becomes infected it then can either spread, it could go into your whole body, or they have to go back in and kind of reopen to clean the wound, which is even more painful. And so I think you know you're healed from a wound or a pain or a trauma when someone goes to touch the place that the wounding was and there's not a trigger. That's so good. That's so if so good. something wounded you and you, ever, you hear their name or you know, you get an emotional reaction, like you actually know you're not fully healed, you're still in process. And I think what we, I think we can be guilty of just going, oh, I just need to get over it. Let's just, let's just shove that one under the rug, you know? And we bury things alive that need to actually be resurrected and fully dealt with because it's still alive beneath the surface. And you better bet that's gonna manifest in your life at some point in a really ugly way, okay? So we've got to deal with our pain, and it's okay to slow down to do it properly, because you need to clean that wound properly, so then when someone brings it up again, or that person's talked about, or a situation that was similar to yours, you literally don't feel like you're in the moment right now, and the tears are welling up, and you feel this emotional reaction and this trigger, and so people should be able to talk about that situation, and you're not immediately moved to tears. And it's to really feel like good. you're gonna break down. So you have to allow wounds to become scars so they're no longer tender. And yes, something did happen to you, but no longer defined you. And it doesn't prevent you from moving forward because you don't have to protect it all the time. You don't want it to get hurt again. So that's how I feel is a really good indicator that you're not triggered when it's brought up or discussed. You know you've gone yeah. through the healing process properly. That's so powerful. Yeah. Pastor Kelly, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on this because we've actually had this conversation as pastors in our church and um, that we've gone through transitions in our church. I mean, 
let's just put COVID as one transition, but in a, a season in the middle of a pandemic, there's, there's racial tension in the country, there's political tension in the country, and then suddenly, even in our church here, there became internal intention, like tension. So what, what has been, what does it look like even to our leaders, our congregation here, that we go, hey, it's time to start moving forward as a church? I think that there's really a reliance on the Holy Spirit, honestly, um, for, for that. So as a leader, I have to be intentional with praying for individuals, for praying for my leadership, for praying and having conversations. And, and I can't force healing just in the same way. Like I literally can't for, if you get a, you know, in the healing analogy, if you, you have a cut, I can't do anything to force that healing process. I can be with you to help bandage you, to help clean the wound. I can be with you and be like, hey, it's actually about time now for you to expose that to air, for it to be able to scab over. And so then like, like I can help, I can help you lead you in those things, um, but I can't be the one to force your body to do that. And it's the same in your spirit. And so just, I love what you were saying, like in your spirit, when we have tension, conflict, like when we have just these, these things that can wound us, because um, we're not always trained the best in like how to have healthy conflict for where we actually don't hurt each other, but we can actually have some like differing opinions. And I think that's the biggest thing even in our world is that that we're all scared to have our own opinions because they're different, but we just don't know how to talk about them without hurting each other. There is a way to do that. Did you know that? There is actually a way to like not feel like you have to conform to actually have a sound mind and feel so like, good. no, I, I'm, I don't think I'm crazy for thinking this yes, way. that's right. Um, I... I believe that that is a real thing available to us, um, but we just don't know how to do that in person. And so, um, and so I think there's a lot of wounds um, that happen in, in our lives, you know, say whatever, whatever it might be, put it in, you know, plug whatever it is. Um, and so I, I think um, community, so like I said, I, I can help, people can help there are people that actually have that gift of hospitality, that have the gift of healing both physically and spiritually that I believe that, that are out there. And so um, as a leader, I can help you. But as a leader, I have to, I have to um, tell or I have to release you essentially to, for you to allow your body to heal. One thing you said, like, and you, you phrased it correctly, but it sparked something in me, like, when do we all just move on together? like past this, this, this wounding. I think while you can't rush healing, you also can't um, pander to the wound too much. Because, because if you're just always like, oh, I'm still hurting, still hurting, then, then, then you're just a victim. Yeah. So bad things happen. It's true. And, and they're actually, I think you can put a time limit on some types of healing. It's great. Because the reason why you're not healed is because you've chosen not to address it. And, and you like feeling like a victim. You like feeling like this wasn't your fault and poor me. And, and you can stay in that place if a leader doesn't call it out in you. So beautiful Pastor yeah, Kelly may need to have some conversations. You know, like, hey, this is actually dragging on a little long. I actually, you're still wounded and you're still crying and you're still protecting because you haven't forgiven. You've allowed bitterness to grow. You are angry. You are resentful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, and that, that's loving leadership. It's so loving. 
That's mad loving. The Lord loves like, truly those what she, she just said. You, yeah. Correction is an act of love because you don't want them to stay stuck. That's not your heart for them. And you love them so much. Any corrective word should be like the most received blessing from you because you love these people probably to a fault, Pastor Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so like if she has to bring a corrective word to you or a challenge, you better know it is from the most genuine place of love. And it's probably yeah. the hardest thing that she's going to have to do. So don't you dare, ladies, make it harder on her when she's had to muster up all that confidence coming from yeah. such a loving heart to have to say something that you know is going to be hard to hear, but you need to hear it. And she loves you enough to tell you. Come on. Come on. Can we cheer that out? That's a good word right there. So good. Man, we need so that. Good. Pastor, I, I'm sorry. I, this is such a good word. I, I really just feel the Holy Spirit on this conversation right now. Awesome. And, awesome. and I, I really, knowing a little bit of your story, growing up in Colorado, yes. and man, in the time of, of Columbine and everything with that. Wow, and, sure, um, yeah. I think there's so many pains of the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, could you speak to the to letting the past be the past? Of, I, I, I love what you said, Pastor Becky, of just the move on, because I think that's been a little bit of your story is, yeah. no, I am not defined by the things wow. that I've done. Could, you, could you speak to that a wow, little bit? so good. Yeah, I mean, a couple of thoughts that I'm like having to piggyback on what Pastor Becky said, and what Pastor Kelly said is, um, is that I think right now there is like this tendency in culture and the way that we talk about like healing or like self-love or self-medicating or like whatever, it is to kind of stay in our ruin, and that's just not the plan of God. And so, so, um, so as they're talking, I'm literally like, oh, I'm still triggered by this, and I'm still triggered by this, and I'm still triggered by this. And um, that's not wrong. It is wrong if you don't deal with it. And I think I felt, I felt, I personally just felt conviction just now. I don't know how y'all felt, but um, I personally felt conviction. Like, I was like, okay, it's time to, you know, get back into it in a couple of these things because the like I deserve more yeah. um, my family deserves more amen so yeah I grew up Columbine happened in Colorado um, a, a big reason I got saved was because I went to middle school with Cassie Bernal and um, and I when I knew her she was an angry human and when I saw her on the news um, she was uh, like her face was like a glow I mean I'm sure you've seen pictures of it pictures of her she's like in rock climbing gear and she's so happy and I'm like who is this chick right and I wasn't saved at the time and um and for those of you who don't know her story when the shooters came into the school they asked if people believed in God they were in the library and um she said yes and they shot her and um I remember going to my dad and I was like dad I don't know if I believe this way and I was so moved and I was disturbed in the best way. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like disturbed. I was like something's off in me that I can't call upon God because I believed God exists. I was agnostic, right? But I don't believe that much. And I was so bothered by it that it triggered me following Christ. One of the most horrific things that happened in Colorado like resulted in revival. It really did. But it was because there really was revival in a bunch of churches. But, but that was, I got saved through it. But it was because, it was because people leaned in to Jesus in the pain instead of leaning away. They leaned into Jesus instead of leaning away. So I don't know that I have as much to add to these women. I, th I feel like what Pastor Becky is saying is so like pastoral and I'm probably a few feet behind her um, in, in what's transpired in my world in the last three years. But I do believe that if you don't move forward in healing, um, 
it's really just costing you. And and God has more for you than victimhood. And so, so I was just yeah, that's so good, uh, man. What a powerful one. Thank you for opening up to that. That that is, um, man, really speaks. I I think to the the heart of all of us that we're growing. Man, I feel like there, we need to be a bunch of things, but vulnerability is how the Holy Spirit moves. It's in, it's in those sensitive moments. I, I love where, where we meet Elijah and he's hiding and it's in a whisper. It's in the vulnerability. It's in the peace that he speaks. And, and, and with all the chaos in the world, Pastor Kelly, how do you find balance? I mean, personal life, church life, leader life, mom life. Uh, I mean, insert, maybe you're gonna start a business. Maybe you're gonna, I mean, we all have so many stories of I just don't have time. T- talk to me about I'm balance. gonna say something that you're not gonna like. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> go there. <laughs> you need to get off social media. This is just for me, apparently. The pastors are just pastoring me right now. <laughs> it's fine. You, go, Kel, go, Kel, go. I don't say that because I'm the best at it. <laughs> so don't give me I'm No, preach, I, I'm not go. the best at it, but I can tell you for a fact, if you are trying to have a sound mind and you are scrolling late at night on Facebook, those two don't mix. I don't know like the whole adage on like booze on what doesn't mix. You know, like... Oh, you don't? I, don't. I, I do. What doesn't mix in booze? What doesn't... I'm just kidding. It's, oh. like, um, it's like beer before liquor, never been sicker. That's yeah, one that of one. Yeah. That one. I've heard You're that welcome. before. Okay. Super saved now. Okay? <laughs> really saved now. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- just like that doesn't mix, uh, social media and balance does not mix. Because wow. you have to understand what, what you are doing, the underlining message that you are doing is you are perpetuating your mind and your mind controls your habits and your habits controls your life and your life is the sum total of your life um, that then, you know, you go back to your mind, you're seeing your life, it's this circle, right? So you're perpetuating your mind with everybody else's stuff and not yours. It's really great. And in the same way that God has... (laughs) The same way that God has created us for a purpose, he's created, like, we have to, like, we have to be, and it's not, and don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying to come be a hermit and, like, don't be connected with the world. What I'm saying is that social media is so easy to waste hours and energy, and it's not helping whatsoever. So that's key number one. The yeah. second thing would then be She's is, got a whole message ready. I got a whole She's message ready. She's coming off preaching. Come on, go. <laughs> the second thing would then be like even just what I what I just got off the stage preaching about is yeah. like your purpose. Um, there's some things that you're probably doing that you're gonna get to heaven and you're gonna be like, wow, I wasted my time. Wow. Cause it it is not worth it. I'm sorry. Like, that's just the fact You're of, like... You're pastor, you guys. We worry about things. Guys, and I, again, I'm not saying this because I'm, like, I'm perfect at it. I can't tell you how many times I literally have to tell myself to stop cleaning the house. Yeah. I love to just clean. And I want my house clean. And I have four little ones. And so that doesn't, that doesn't mix, okay? And you never will stop. Yeah. Exactly. And then I literally... There are times when I'm, like, I need to be doing something better with my life. <laughs> And so 
having, having, and not, don't get me wrong, like, there is a, there is time and place for that. Like, my husband enjoys a clean house, and I'm my husband's helper, so I'm going to help him do that. I have children. They have to have clean clothes. They need to eat. So, what I'm saying is, is that each of us in our seasons have things that God has placed on our lives. Does that mean I'm forfeiting my future because I'm caring for the four children that I have? Absolutely not, because this is a season that I have. And so key number one, get off social media. Key number two, define what God has for your season right now. And this plain and simple third key is stop procrastinating, stop being lazy, and just do it. Just do it. Really I think good. we should all get that where you can look how much time you've been on social media and then tell me if you don't have time to exercise or meal prep or read the Bible. Come on. Come on. Because you just spent three and a half hours scrolling through something that ain't helping you at all. You're just more mad at the world and mad at this person so good. and wish so you had so that body and all these things. But you don't have time. Like we, you always hear, I don't have time to work out. And I say that all the time too. too. <laughs> I'm feeling convicted myself. Um, <laughs> You know, and yeah, we all are convicting ourselves. Well done. We're all very teachable. Um, Amen. Amen. You know, so yeah, look at how much time you're actually spending on those things that aren't helping you. They're not helping you heal. They're not helping you grow. They're not helping you get to your purpose. And literally, you may have to put a timer on and say, I'll give myself this amount of time on social media a day. So good. After you've done the other things. That's right. That's so good. Man, uh, amazing wisdom. I, I feel like we need like three more hours with you guys. Um, but, but yeah, let's just go for it. You know what? Um, but hey, I, I do want to wrap up I, I, with this question. And Pastor Jesse, I want to pitch it to you. Um, uh, both you and Pastor Becky, I think, come from very liberal governments. Um, and there's a, a lot of things saying, we, we kind of entered this of saying, this is what you should be as a woman. This is what you should be. Wow. And, right. and, and man, I, I really want to hear from your guys' perspectives first of, of what does it mean when, when, when we, or what does it mean to you when somebody says that women shouldn't be leaders and, sure. and your voice shouldn't be heard sure. in, in a world or it, it sure. needs to be heard this way. I would sure. love to hear from you on that. Oh, so many thoughts. Like, I think that, I mean, there's, oh, I'm trying to figure where would be a good place to yeah. begin, Lord. Um, where do I start, Lord? Like, I think the, the biggest thing that, like, for what we've learned actually from this house and from many houses has been like just the beauty, like God made male and female in his image. And I honestly think that it's an incomplete picture when we only have one represented. So, so a lot of the time, like I feel, I feel in a very liberal city, I feel kind of out of place because I'm a female pastor. So people are like, oh, you know, they think me, they have me pegged. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. As being like, oh, so you're like pro-LGBTQ and you are, you have a very liberal reading of scripture and you, you know what I mean? They assume that about me. I don't know if it's like that for you, but they assume that about me. And so, so what's been interesting for me to be is like, oh, like I'm mad reformed in my theology, if you only knew. And, and... But, I, but my reading, and I, I would exegete scripture in front of anybody any day on, on what, what women have meant to Jesus and what women mean to God. Um, but that does not mean, and, and, and I'm at a women's conference, it's so beautiful to say this, to, to see these amazing men here, to, like just towing their line. And it's so amazing because I think that I really actually believe that women have a hard time being strong if men aren't strong first. 
Um, actually, it's like a deep conviction of mine. I don't know if that's, if that's dead on, but I do think like, and so like right now in America as women, we need to be raising our sons and encouraging our husbands, like be strong and courageous in the Lord, be strong and courageous because, because it's not like I am woman, hear me roar. Like that's really not my goal. It's, it's, uh, it's that we are our best when we are made in the image of God and we're running together. And so, so I think it's just, um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that, that I think leading with my husband has been such a gift. I love him so much. I'm so proud of who he is. Um, and I just, I just wish that, and what's cool about this house is we learn this from this house. We learn this from my city because there aren't many houses in Denver that are this way, where like couples lead together and there's this like beauty and, and preference for one another and submission to one another. It's really beautiful. And so John and I are trying to, to light that candle and start that mantle in our city um, so y'all could be praying for us. But I just think that, I just think that um, it's both, right? And how beautiful when it's both. So. Yeah, I, I think that's so good. I, I, oh, did you have something? No, I, I didn't. Oh, I was, no. I, I, I was going to ask you, actually, Pastor Becky, of, um, I mean, I, I know in my wife and I's short time in ministry, there's been times where my wife has had a word for somebody, and, and people, I think because she's a, a woman, didn't want to receive it in that moment, and like have had a, well, I'll just wait till Pastor Eric says something. Um, what would you say to, to a leader that isn't honoring your position of authority um, wow. in the church and in, in, in heaven in that way? Well, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, I but think kind of a tough for me, I, we don't get it as much now because in San in California, there's very few female male like co-pastoring. Um, we're one of the, the not, not the only ones by any means, but um, we, we model that really well at Awaken. And um, I mean, so now you still get it. I, so here's the thing. You have to actually know the scriptures, ladies. Because, well, first of all, you could still know the scriptures, but then if they have a religious spirit, they ain't listening to you anyway. So they actually have to get set free of their religious spirit so they actually can hear the truth because it's foolishness to those who can't see or believe. So they are so H-E-L-L bent, and I used to be. I used to be against women preachers, against the Holy Spirit. I thought it was from the devil. I thought all the things. If you raised your hand, you were just showing off. If you fell over, you were just faking it. I mean, I was critical about everything. When I joined Awaken, I couldn't stand Pastor Leanne because, first of all, why are you beautiful, and why are you a pastor? That is so unbiblical. (laughs) Like, I I preach so many messages on this because I was that person. So I know what it feels like to be bound by a religious spirit and how strongly you're convicted about the fact that you should have no voice and no opportunity to speak. That was me. I would argue against women. Wow. And so I had to get first set free from, well, recognize I had one and then get set free from it so then I could actually then hear and read the scriptures through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, so I would encourage you to read the Bible. When you read the scriptures, the two, one in Timothy and one in, in Corinthians that people always use against women preaching, you know, like they should be silent in church. Well, first of all, let's not take things out of context, okay? So you have to not just read so a single good. scripture. You actually have to know why it was being said yeah. and who it was being said yeah. to and for what. Yeah. So those scriptures were because in the word wives, let your wives be silent in church, or women, they actually meant wives. Wives, wives weren't you. meant to be taught and so the, the women, the wives in these church services, because they weren't allowed to be educated, they'd be like, wait, wait, I don't understand. Wait, wh- what about Solomon? 
Like, can you imagine in the middle of a church service, women who were uneducated shouting out their questions and how disrupted that would be? So it says, husbands, go teach your wives at home. Because they were yeah. trying to be educated in the public square, which yeah. wasn't even allowed in yeah. that era. Yeah. And so they're teaching to that particular church where there was disorder and women were shouting out because they were uneducated. Yeah. And so you can't just take that scripture. And then first of all, women weren't supposed to be ministering in church. In 1 Corinthians 14 is that scripture that people use that you shouldn't speak. But then in 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about what a woman should be wearing while she's ministering in public. So you cannot... There's a book, is it, I think it's in 1 John, Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah, come on, together, man, let's uh, go. Um, what's the guy that came? They're he, the model. Apollos was an eloquent man in the scriptures. Apollos came to their church, a man and a woman, a husband and wife church, and he was teaching, and he said he was eloquent in the scriptures. But the Bible says that Aquila and Priscilla actually had to pull, pull him aside, aside after the fact and say, hey, yep. we actually need to let you know that you got that wrong. That theology was a little off. So God not only yep. elevated a, a male and female pastor in that particular scripture, he allowed us to hear and to read that a male and a female brought correction to a man of God. Yep. And so if God wants to squash the women's voice, why would he do these things? Yeah. Why yeah. would he let two women discover the resurrection? Because he wanted word travel fast. Like Come we on. talk fast. Like we get the word Come around. <laughs> if God didn't trust women with the gospel message, why would he allow oh, two women to spread it in the Amen. first place? So we've got to know our scriptures because a lot of times people can't get their heart until you explain it and show them in their head. Yeah. And so it's just, we've got to be well-versed. So and so now, honestly, I, we used to get it all the time. I get it, I don't know, once every couple of months now. Like, I'll get off the stage, and I just see him. I can just see him fuming, and he's... Or they, he, like, walk out. That's oh, my favorite. Oh, yeah, when they walk I, like, out. I was preaching last fun. week, and I watched a guy just, like, bolt out yeah. of the room, and I was like... So God bless you. Yeah, so they'll, um, Jesus name. he'll come up and they just start rebuking me. They're like, how dare you? You're a woman. You don't tell me. Da, 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 da. And you know what I do? What? Because the, uh, the probation officer side of me, I used to work in violent crimes for seven years. So I could freaking take you down, first of all. <laughs> but you know what I do when they are really aggressive? I just be like, man, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm sorry that that's how you felt when I was preaching. Like that was not my intention at all. I get super soft, and I look them straight in the eye. You don't scare me. You're not intimidating me. And I'm gonna touch you to know I actually care about you, even though I wanna punch you in the face. It's really good. And it's not the time or place to give them an education on theology, but if they just see a loving response instead of this feisty woman they already don't like, yep. you're not gonna win them over. It's so really good. That's where love kicks in. Man, that's, that's a powerful word. It's kind of, it's so funny. The people that always have that, that religious, overly religious, judgmental spirit are the same people who don't follow any of the aspects of building God's kingdom. You oh. never see them tithe. You never see them in a group. You never see them oh, on team. Sure. You never see, and, it, and yeah, the people. Yeah, the people saying right now, submit to the government, don't submit to anybody else. Come on. Do you know what I'm talking? The people right now that are like, hey, but the Bible says submit to the government. They don't submit to their moms. They don't submit to their pastors. They don't Come submit on. to anybody right now, and they're twisting that scripture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come Sorry. On. Man, man, oh. that's a good word. Come on. Well, I, I mean, like, like I said, I, hey, I, we do have to wrap this up. Like, yes. man, Sorry, I, I, I need three more hours with you guys. Man, such amazing wisdom. Uh, I, I want to encourage you guys. Um, be posting on, on your social media and, and, and sending them a message uh, and let them know how much you appreciate their wisdom that they brought here today. This isn't a given. This isn't just like, it doesn't happen on random. And Pastor Kelly, thank you for orchestrating She's this. She's amazing. Thank you for putting Kelly. this together. Ladies, guys, can we do you give know it up what for a gift that you today? have in your beautiful Come on, let's pastor. give it up. Let's stand up. Come on. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.